0: We are truly facing challenging times these days, not only in our city and in our country, but around the world. And I'm grateful as a follower of Jesus to have the example of so many other believers throughout the centuries who have faced difficult times like these. Believers throughout the centuries have faced things like famines and pestilence and plagues. They have faced wars and they even have faced persecution but instead of shrinking back, those believers rose up and they faced those issues in those times with faith. In fact, the first believers, when they began to face persecution and they had to scatter throughout the Roman Empire, they didn't shrink back. They rose up and they took care of each other and the most vulnerable in their society. And then when famine hit a certain part of the world, Believers in other parts of the world rose up to take up offerings to send to those people in need to help them in their crisis. They didn't shrink back. They rose up. Those believers did not shrink back and hoard with what they had. Those believers rose up and helped with what they had. And I believe it's time for all of the followers of Jesus, not just here at City Church, but in our city and around the world. It's time for us to rise up in faith like those first believers did. Now today, you know, I had started last week a series called The Blessed Life. I had planned to do that three months ago, but who who knew what was gonna happen? And honestly, I thought about canceling the series and switching to something else. But as I was praying about it this week, I felt like a, a message on The Blessed Life was even more important now than ever because as most of you know, What began as a health crisis and is continuing to be a health crisis in our country is now become a financial crisis. In fact, I just came across a poll this week from the PBS NewsHour that says that one out of every five households have experienced either a layoff or reduced work hours due to the crisis. And the report noted that lower income families have been hit even worse it shows that one out of four households of people making less than 50,000 have a cut hours, experienced cut hours or job loss. So this health crisis has now become a financial crisis. And I know that I'm speaking to some of you who know exactly what I'm talking about. You've either lost your job or you've experienced a loss of hours <coughs> And I want you to know my heart goes out to you. And I'm burdened for you. We are burdened for you as a church. And I feel like now more than ever, we need to hear words of faith and encouragement from Jesus Christ himself to help us face the worries that we feel about money. And so uh, today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap up this Blessed Life series with looking at what Jesus said about money and how to face uh, worries about money uh, with faith and so um, I want us to to remember what we said last week about the blessed life the blessed life is not about getting God on our side the blessed life is about us getting on God's side and we pictured the blessed life like the powerful flow of a river God's blessing is like the flow of a river you don't create the flow you don't control the flow But if you get into the flow, you can experience the power of the flow. The blessed life is not about getting God to move the flow of the river toward you. The blessed life is about you moving yourself and your finances into the flow that's already moving. And so what I want us to do is look at what Jesus said about getting our finances and our lives into the flow of God's blessing and how that impacts worries about money. Now, there was a guiding principle that the first believers had that helped them understand the pathway to the blessed life, and it's recorded by, uh, in the book of Acts that uh, Scott talked about earlier, and it was spoken by one of the first leaders in the church, the Apostle Paul. It's recorded in Acts 20:35 where it says this, Paul is speaking, and he said, the Lord himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, so that is the guiding principle of the blessed life. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Would you say that with me? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, before we unpack Jesus' teaching about the blessed life and and what that principle means, I want us to first make sure we understand what he meant by blessed. You know, what does it mean to be blessed? If you remember, uh, last week we unpacked the Hebrew word for blessed. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the Greek word for blessed because that's what the Christian scriptures is written in the the language of Greek. So the, the, the word translated blessed here is the Greek word makarion. And that word is often translated in other parts of the scripture as happy. It literally means to feel happiness due to divine favor. So divine favor occurs when God is for us. And we're using the metaphor of the flow of a river. So when God is for us, we can be happy even in challenging circumstances. And so Jesus said, if you want to be more blessed... And that's what he said, more blessed. If you want to get into the flow of God's blessing, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So the the power comes as you give. Now, this teaching, let's just acknowledge, is counterintuitive. It doesn't seem to make sense. And it's countercultural. Our culture teaches us that the path to happiness is receiving, not giving. Receiving more money, receiving more stuff, more cars, more houses, receiving uh, more more vacations, right? And receiving more toilet paper even. Oh yeah, you knew I was going to say something about the toilet paper hoarding, all right? Our culture says it's more blessed to receive. Jesus says it's more blessed to give. And somewhere in your spiritual journey... You do have to decide what you believe about this powerful principle. Because Jesus came teaching us a new way of thinking, a new mindset, a new way of believing related to money. And it's a counterintuitive principle that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so Jesus here is teaching us that God does want to bless us, first of all. And that the way he blesses us is by responding to us, taking a step of faith to give. And it's the cycle. God wants us to be funnels of blessing. It's not just to bless us. He wants us to be a blessing for others. And so last week we talked about the cycle of blessing. We give. That's the first step in the cycle. Then God blesses that, multiplies it, gives it back to us so we can be a blessing to others. That is the blessed life. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So with this principle in mind, I want us to unpack one of the longest teachings that Jesus ever taught on money and worries about money so that we can move beyond financial fear and experience financial peace, even in troubled times. Are you ready? Uh, This is recorded in Matthew chapter 6. If you want to go back and read it later, uh, we have the scriptures on panels for you. So uh, let's start in verse 19 where Jesus said, he's speaking, and he said this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so let's, let's take just a moment and make sure that we understand what Jesus is saying and what he is not saying. Jesus is not saying here you should never save money. There are scriptures all throughout the Jewish scriptures and the Christian scriptures that talk about the wisdom of saving money, especially when you face times like these. So then what what is Jesus addressing? He's addressing the difference between saving, which is wise, and hoarding, which is selfish. People who are wise save money, so that they can get through tough times like these and so they can help others who can't get through those tough times without their help. But when we hoard money, we stockpile possessions and money out of fear to make ourselves feel secure. And what Jesus is teaching here is that he's confronting those who are hoarding to feel secure. And then he teaches a powerful principle that what what you put your trust in will determine how you feel. Jesus shows us that what we treasure, what we look to for security, determines how we feel. What you treasure reveals what you trust. And so, worries about money, this is so important. Worries about money are not about what you make. Worries about money are about what you trust. If you trust in money, which is not a living being, it will cause you to feel worried. Instead, Jesus encourages us to trust in God. What you trust determines how you feel. So, how does putting your trust in treasure in treasures cause us to worry? So let's go back to Jesus' teachings where he talks about the moths and the vermin and the thieves. What was all of that about? We have to remember back in ancient times, people didn't store wealth in banks or, or the stock market. People stored wealth in three ways: clothing food, and then coins of some kind, silver or gold. And what Jesus is addressing here is if you store clothing, moths can get in and eat it and, and take it away. If you store food, vermin like mice can get in and eat it and take it away. And then of course, if you store coins, thieves can break in and take it away. And that's why he's encouraging us not to put our trust in that which is not trustworthy. Jesus' main point is don't put your trust in money Because ultimately, money is not trustworthy. Money is a thing. God is a living being. And Jesus is encouraging us to put our trust in God and not in money. What you trust determines how you feel. According to Jesus, we store treasures in heaven by giving, not receiving. When we move our lives and our money into the flow of God's blessing by giving... That impacts how we feel because we're showing we're putting our trust in the living God. And that gives us a sense of peace no matter what we face. Sounds pretty simple, right? So why do we struggle to do that? Why do we struggle to get into the flow of God's blessing? Well, Jesus continues. Uh, This is verse 24. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other Or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And here's the key principle. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus asserted that the root issue behind money worries is a divided heart. When you try to serve both God and money, you can't serve both. Now, I suspect that that the struggle for most most of us uh, is not to serve God or money. I mean, I I don't think most of you watching, you know, a city church or you're checking out God. I mean, you have some interest in God. That's why you're watching and, and, and listening with us today. I think the temptation for us is not to serve God or money. The temptation is to try to serve both God and money. And I think that's what Jesus is addressing here. People were wrestling with, with serving God and money. And when you have two masters, it creates worry in your soul. So what are signs that, you, that money may be one of your masters? Well, if you determine your self-worth based on your salary or your house or your possessions, money may be your master. If you pursue money to the neglect of your relationship with God and your relationship with others, money might be your master. If you sacrifice your moral values to get money... Money is probably your master. If you neglect the poor and those in need uh, with your money, money may be your master. If you buy stuff you don't need with money you don't have to try to feel secure, money may be your master. And if you, you neglect God's kingdom with your finances, money might be your master. If God is your master, you serve God and use money. Nothing wrong with money. But if money is your master, you serve money and use God. What you serve is your master and what you trust determines how you feel. When you serve money, you feel worry. And Jesus is trying to teach us another way where we can know peace And and it's still, it's so counterintuitive. It happens when you give and trust God that he will bless it and give it back to you so you can be a blessing to others. So I wanna give you an example of what happens when you get into God's flow and how that impacts how you feel. Uh, So uh, throughout this year, I've been mentioning to our people that uh, one of the ways that City Church is moving our finances into God's flow is by, this year we rearranged our whole church budget to give away 10% of what we receive to our social action partners. And for the last 12 years, one of our social action partners is an organization called Liberian Now. A city church along with a couple of other leaders established this nonprofit to serve the impoverished people who live in that uh, West African nation of Liberia. And we've been serving them for 12 years. In fact, uh, just a few years ago, many of you may remember when the Ebola virus swept through the country. I was so proud. Of the pastors and the Christians in Liberia. They did not shrink back. They rose up to help people in need. In fact one of the pastors that we work with. He has a clinic. That serves the poor in the community. And he made sure the clinic stayed open. Through the whole virus breakout. And we called and asked. What can we do to help? And he asked us to send $25,000 to buy cleaning stations for every family in that community. That's what the World Health Organization asked. And that is what we did as a church. We sent them $25,000 to buy all of those cleaning stations for an entire community. We literally saved hundreds of lives. But a part of our work with Liberia now is also uh, the Victory Life Academy we helped establish and build a school uh, that provides education for poor children, I think about over 130 kids right now. Well, anyway, uh, recently we found out that uh, Liberia Now was short by $5,500 what they needed to finish out the school year. And so they were either going to have to shut the school down or the teachers and administrators were gonna have to go unpaid. Well, when we heard about that, Uh, Our pastors decided to send uh, Liberian Now a check for $5,500 so that they could finish the school year. It was not in our budget, but we gave out of what we had, and we trust the God of blessing. Five days later, a couple in City Church, after one of our services, caught me as I was walking out the door. They came up to me and they said, Pastor Brent, we, we don't know, you know what all is going on, but we felt prompted to give the church a check for $6,000 above what we normally give. And it just blew me away, the timing of it all. And so when I told that couple what had happened and that our church had sent this check for $5,500 to Liberia Now to cover the tuition for all of these kids, they got this big smile on their faces. See, they didn't know what was going on, but God prompted generosity in their hearts. They took a step of faith and gave out of what they had. And we did the same as a church. And what was so cool is we received it back blessed. We got back more than we sent. That's the flow of the blessing. And I want you to experience the joy that comes when you get into the flow of God's blessing. So I want us to get back to what Jesus said is the fuel behind money worries. This is the part of his teaching where he teaches us where worry comes from. And it's a little bit longer passage, so hang with me as we read Jesus' words. This is uh, Matthew six, verse 25. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Now, I want to make several observations from this part of Jesus' teaching. First, and it's sort of obvious, but I want to make sure we get this. There were many people in Jesus' day that worried about money. I think worry about money is a common human struggle And so I don't think Jesus is, you know, just browbeating us. He's acknowledging that many people in his day worried about money. And so know that if you're worried about money, Jesus noticed the people in his day and he cared for them and he notices your worry and he cares for you. Second observation I want to make is Jesus addresses the reason why we tend to worry about money. And he said the root reason is little faith. And in this context, the opposite of little faith isn't unbelief. The opposite of little faith is fear. When we have fear, when we let fear drive us, it causes us to have little faith. And big fears about money leads to big worries about money. They go together. How do we end up with fears about money? I mean, let's just be honest. How do we end up with fears about money? Sometimes it can be difficult experiences that can cause us to have big fears and little faith when it comes to money. Maybe you went through a challenging financial season in your life as a family uh, and, and that left you with a certain mindset or fear about money. Maybe you grew up with a single parent who barely made ends meet and that really impacted you in a negative way. Maybe your hours have been cut. Maybe you've lost your job and you have some understandable fears about money. But what can happen is when we experience these kinds of of things, we can develop a certain mindset that I call a scarcity mindset. And a scarcity mindset causes us to shrink back rather than rise up. In fact, as some of you know that I've led numerous men's groups uh, throughout the the years. I've been a pastor and in one of the groups that I led, uh, one of the guys in my group told me that he struggled with the scarcity mindset. He told me a little bit of his story. He said that when he grew up, He lived in 14 different places the first 12 years of his life. He said his family was just moving all the time. His dad couldn't keep a job. And he told me that there were times when they lived in the camper on the back of his dad's pickup truck. And he told me that that instability and the insecurity of it all stirred fear in his heart that he carried all the way into his adult life. How do we turn our fears about money into faith about money. Let's get back to Jesus' teachings. When Jesus talked about the birds in the air and how God cared for them and the the flowers in the field and how God cared for them, what was all of that about? Jesus was teaching us that, look, if God cares about the birds and the flowers, he certainly cares about those who have been created in his own image. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God cares for you? I want, to, I want to encourage you, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, to believe that God values you, that he cares for you, that he loves you, and that he is for you. Do not determine your value based on how much you make, or what kind of house or car you, uh, car you drive, what kind of house you have or car you drive. And do not determine your value based on what others have said about you. Maybe your parents told you you would never amount to anything, or maybe you have an ex who told you that you were good for nothing, or maybe you've even told yourself that. You, maybe you've told yourself, you know, I don't really matter. Nobody cares about me. Please hear me on this. You do matter. And God does care for you. And he loves you and he values you. And I want you to join me in, in making these statements. Say these statements out loud as an affirmation. Will you say these with me? God loves me. God values me. God is for me. God cares about me. What we believe about God and his love for us and his value of us matters. It's a part of what helps us live with faith instead of out of fear. Okay, so with this view of God in our hearts, let's look at what Jesus said will help us move from big fears about money to experiencing God's flow in our lives. This is Matthew 6, verse 31, where Jesus said, So do not worry, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus is saying, getting in the flow of God's blessing is about seeking God's kingdom first. And in the context of this lengthy uh, teaching about money, he's talking about seeking God's kingdom first with your finances. According to Jesus, the key to overcoming money worries is to change what you seek first. And this is the principle Jesus is, is teaching us. If you will seek God's kingdom first, then he'll seek yours. I want to say that again. If you seek God's kingdom first, he will seek Yours. That is the blessed life. And then Jesus promises if you seek God's kingdom first, all of these other things will be added as well. And so, what are all of these things? What does he mean by that? It's all of your needs. God promises that if you seek his kingdom first, he'll seek yours by making sure you have all of your needs met. Not just some of them, all of them. Not all of your wants, but all of your needs. If you seek his kingdom first, he will seek yours. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I think through this teaching, Jesus is trying to show us how to live without fears about money by moving from fearful giving to faithful giving. If you want God to be the Lord over your finances, then you do have to trust him with your finances. And you have to step toward the flow of his blessing. So to overcome money worries, this is what I'm asking you to do. Very practical. Take a step of faith to seek God's kingdom first by giving. Take a step of faith to seek God's kingdom first by giving. Give out of what you have, not out of what you don't have. That's how you get over the fear. That's how you move your life and your finances toward the flow of God's blessing. Remember we said God doesn't move the flow toward us. We have to move toward him. And if you will take a step of faith and give something to God's kingdom, I believe he will surprise you with his blessing because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, as your pastor, I want you to know that City Church is taking steps of faith to give as well above what we normally give. Because of the coronavirus uh, crisis that's uh, worldwide now, uh, we reached out to our social action partners to ask them if they need any help. And so I reached out to Fidel and Mariana Rubio, who lead the Casa Ogar Orphanage down in Chihuahua, Mexico. We've been partners with them for 20 years. We asked them, is there any need because of the virus? And they they do have a need. Uh, Three of their children have flu symptoms, so they have had to quarantine uh, all 30-plus orphans that they have, along with them, uh, their family, and their staff on their campus. And so they've asked for money for supplies and for medicines to take care of the kids. And then they're, they're supposed to go through and clean and sterilize the entire campus. And so we sent them a check for uh, $1,500 to help them with their medicines and with their, uh, their supply needs above the $4,500 that we send them every month. And I do want you to know that I told them if they need more, we will send more. We trust the God of the blessing. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Our second social action partner is the Strong Foundation, which is a homeless shelter right here in San Antonio. They uh, provide a place to live for families where entire families can stay together as they get through the issues they face in their homelessness. And so I reached out to Jim and Carolee Gibson and asked them what they need because of the crisis that is occurring. And what's interesting is they said what their greatest need was not money. They said their greatest need was supplies. They've not been able to get supplies because you guys know all of the the hoarding that's gone on and people have been just buying up stuff. And so these are the most needed supplies they have. And this is what I'm asking you to prayerfully do. I'm asking you to prayerfully give out of what you have in your supplies to help the Strong Foundation homeless shelter. And I don't know if I said this, they have over 20 families now that they're serving. These are their greatest needs. Disinfectant spray like Lysol, disinfectant wipes, diapers sizes four, five, six, and pull-ups, baby wipes, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and paper towels. Now, I do want you to know that City Church is gonna donate out of what we have, obviously, because we're, we're not having services. We have toilet paper and paper towels and some of these products that we're gonna go into what we have and we're gonna give to them. But I'm asking you to do the same. If you have more than what you know you really need, then I'm asking you to bring what you have Uh, to our church offices at 9355 Bandera, Suite 124. And the times that you can drop off your donations will be on our website and on our app where you can bring these much-needed supplies so we can help our brothers and sisters who are homeless. Imagine being homeless And going through a crisis like this. It's time for us to rise up folks. And I am asking you to do this. This is what we as a church are doing. As a church movement are doing. We're giving out of what we have. And and that's what we're doing as a church. To get our finances in the flow of God's blessing. I'm asking you. Whatever you do. Take a step of faith to get your finances. And your resources into the flow of God's blessing. Folks. Now is the time. Not to shrink back. But to rise up. Now is the time to live out of faith, not out of fear. Now is not the time to hoard what we have. Now is the time to help with what we have. Now is the time to rise up and be the body of Christ to people in need. Now is the time to rise up and serve people in our neighborhoods and in our communities. Now is the time to rise up and love our neighbors as ourselves. To love one another like Jesus loves us. And if we will do that, we will look back on these days. And we these days will be our finest hours if we stand up, rise up together, and be the body of Christ on the earth. <sighs> to help us go through this season, I reached out to our third social action partner, uh, Pastor Emmanuel Gianfi, who leads our works in Liberia. I've known him for 12 years. He's a man of wisdom, a man of faith. And as I, I mentioned a few moments ago, he led his people through the devastating Ebola virus that killed 4,800 people in a nation of just 4.8 million. And he led his people to rise up in the face of that deadly virus. And I asked Pastor Giomfi if he would speak some words of encouragement to us as we face this crisis together. And he wrote an email to me and these are his words to you and to me. Greetings in the name of Jesus, please let's remember one thing, that with God above all things are possible. This time around, let all continue to seek the Lord every day, because it's only God who can save us from this coronavirus. Even today, our women's department was indoors all day praying against this deadly virus. Because God has promised us in Exodus 23, 25 that he will bless our bread and water and will take sickness away from us. In this light, we just continue to build up our hope and courage in the Lord and let our congregation do the same, trusting in the Lord and his promises to us. In doing so, I suggest that you too continue to encourage your congregation in the Lord. By his grace, we all are still in good health. And that is to the glory of God. And then I want you to hear how he ends his email to us. Remain blessed in Jesus' name. And that is my prayer for you and for me. Let us remain blessed in Jesus' name. So, Father God, during these days, we do put our trust and our hope in you. And Lord, we take steps of faith every day. I pray that you would lead us and guide us. Those of us who are part of your movement, lead us and guide us to be the church day by day, helping those who are in need. And Lord, I I just thought, and I pray for those of you who have, maybe you haven't believed yet. Maybe you're not sure there is a God. Maybe you're not sure what you think about Jesus. One, I'm grateful that you've watched this uh, service. And my prayer is that during these days, you would seek him that you would consider putting your trust in the living God who loves you and cares for you so much that he sent his son, not only to teach us a new way to view life, but to give his life so that our sins can be forgiven. I hope you'll put your trust and your faith and your hope in him and that you'll join his movement too. And in doing so, you will move your life into the flow of God's blessing. Not just your finances, your whole life. Jump in with with both feet. Get into the flow of God's blessing. Lord, you said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And we put our trust in what you said in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed.